Hello and a big warm welcome to the Psychospiritual Podcast and today I feel so excited and delighted because I have Anya of Anya's Reviews on. Welcome Anya. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here and I, I really want to officially thank you for all that you do and you've really transformed my relationship with my feet and with barefoot shoes and I just see you doing that for so 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 many people just so a really really big thank you for you and really following your calling and doing what you do in the world so big big thank you to that. Well, <laughs> to you. I'm, really, I'm really glad to hear that it's had a positive effect. Mm, such a positive effect. And so what I'd love to be doing is you doing most of the talking, but I would love to share a little bit about my own journey just for people who are listening so they can know why am I so passionate about what you're doing. And what I'd love to share is that I started getting interested in my feet about 20 years ago. Before that, I'd worn high heels. I'd often worn uncomfortable shoes. I just kind of just thought that was how it was that shoes are uncomfortable and I started off with Birkenstocks I think most people do that and back at the time there's a bit of a phase in heel technology I don't know if you ever heard of it and so I bought these funny yeah. shoes with like that went up at the front and down at the back yeah earth shoes is in the U.S. there was a earth shoes was the brand that was doing that yes I had some of those and I also had some of these ones that you, that, that kind of like flip-flops or thongs they call them in Australia who literally like were really massively like just high at the front it was really weird. but I just couldn't really find any any shoes online didn't really know where to look and it really was my son who's He's now 16 and he, so for the first couple of years, I bought him like the little soft shoes, like the, like soft star or those kind of leather ones. But after that point, I just couldn't find anything that was, was like that once he got to be about two. But anywhere we went, we'd go to shoe shops and department stores and he'd try and choose after shoe after shoe. And he just was unwilling to wear any of them. He was just, he just kept saying, no, they're uncomfortable. And he wasn't willing to wear them. And I used to get frustrated quite often because I was just like, well, I want you to wear shoes. So over the time, he really helped me kind of wake up to actually seeing that shoes, most shoes are not designed for actually healthy feet. And so he's really been such a teacher for me. And he's still actually mostly goes around barefoot they didn't go to school so actually that was fine most of the time he does have one pair of shoes but so he was really my teacher to actually go oh okay I'm going to really question these things but again I couldn't really find anything much for me I really had one pair of shoes I had Havianas with backs on so they were the closest that I could find that were kind of nearly nearly flat and relatively bendy but it wasn't until yeah. I found your Instagram your Anya's reviews and I and the way to explain things and talking about uh, the shape of feet and really explaining all the different types of shoes. I went, oh my God, it really just transformed things for me and really changed my perception of feet and shoes as well, which I'd love for us to talk about. So just a big, big thank you to you. So that's a bit about my story. I'd love for you to share your journey. Like what, how come you're here? What happened for you? What's your story? Sure. I love hearing how your son was a teacher for you because I've noticed that kids are so intuitive about not wanting to be restricted by their shoes and also by their clothing and that they have this sort of innate desire to be able to move. And we're the ones who you know, are telling them they have to put shoes on and, you know, suck it up. Like they want to kick them off. And 
So I, I love that you were able to be intuitive or are you able to listen to his intuition and let him teach you that? And I, I love that. But so my story is a little different because I was experiencing foot pain. So I found shoes uncomfortable, but it wasn't so much the discomfort of the shoes that led me to question. It was the, the actual chronic injury that I was having my big toe. I was in a lot of pain. It was called functional hallux limitus. So it wasn't actual arthritis of the joint. I do have a little arthritis in my joint from this time, but it was my feet were so flat and weak that when I had my weight on my foot, it no longer was able to function and my big toe couldn't bend. So that was more of a, like a strength and an alignment issue. But I, of course, I didn't know that at the time. I just was in a lot of pain and I was prescribed these uh, uh, custom orthotics to put in all my shoes. And I was told to wear really stiff shoes that can't bend and all of these basically orthopedic footwear. And I was trying to go down that route to, you know, I was motivated to, to get out of this pain. And so I was, you know, I got the custom orthotics, I was trying the shoes. And for one thing, I could not find one of these types of shoes that I felt comfortable in. I was buying and exchanging constantly because I hated all of them and they really hurt my big toe. And then I started getting other issues like my back, my low back and my hips were really starting to hurt. And then it kind of traveled up and then my whole back and my neck, I was just like, everything was off. And my left knee, this was my right big toe was, was the one that was causing me trouble. And then my left knee started hurting and all this stuff was happening. And my strength and my mobility was just decreasing on this downward spiral for about a year and a half. And, um, I could never find shoes that fit. And then I did also end up in, in Birkenstocks, which I actually wore Birkenstocks at an early age. I grew up in California and Birkenstocks are basically high fashion there. <laughs> so we, we were, and we were, we were recommended to wear supportive shoes. You know, I had orthotics at the age of nine. So I was just used to wearing this type of footwear but then when I was, you know, bringing back to where I was talking earlier, when I was in this injured state, it was like, okay, well now I don't just wear these shoes for long walks or exercising. I have to wear them a hundred percent at the time and indoors. And so the Birkenstocks did actually provide me some more relief than the other sneakers because it had that anatomical shape. So it was no longer pushing my big toe in. But I was completely dependent on the support of the, the Birkenstock. And it got so bad that if I had to go to the bathroom in a, the middle of the night, I would put my shoes on to walk to the bathroom or I would crawl. And, you know, like being in the shower, standing barefoot was hard for me. And I, you know, I would often sit in the shower because I didn't want to be standing. So it was just, it was bad. And I was like 20 nine. And I was like, I can't accept this. I cannot accept this as my life. And that is in, when I was in that state is when my best friend recommended, I read the whole body barefoot, which is a book by Katie Bowman. And she 
talks about the importance of the feet and how footwear affects the feet and also how we can begin to rehabilitate our feet so that they are capable of supporting us because they're underneath our bodies. You know, they, they carry all of our weight. Most of the activities that ambulatory people are doing are on their feet. And so, you know, there's so much, so much ripple effect. There's so many consequences for not being able to use your feet. It really can affect your whole life and your health too, if you're not able to move. So I, I loved that book. I just ate it up and it was it was a new perspective that I hadn't tried yet. And I felt like I had sort of tried everything else, but it also made intuitive sense that I could strengthen it. And that maybe the whole problem was actually weakness from not using my feet. So I was doing all this resting. I was bracing my foot. I was, you know, elevating. I was doing all this stuff to like thinking I was going to let it heal. And then I would start using my foot again, but by letting, by, by immobilizing it and not using it for so long, it stopped functioning. And then it hurt when I tried to use it. So I really had to start from ground zero of getting comfortable walking and like being more confident and using my feet. And like, like I walked so slow for a really really long time because I was nervous, you know, I was in pain. Like, you know, I had to sort of rewire like it was like a whole neurological thing as you know psychological thing but also I actually needed physical strength so just this whole thing wrapped up and I just was committed to doing the work because I needed to get my life back in order I needed to have no I needed to be able to walk and I needed to be able to run and I you know I wanted to do all this stuff so I started doing the foot exercises I started transitioning my footwear over. It did take me a little while though, because of the state I was in, I I needed some support for walks. Like, you know, I started going on longer walks, but which was wonderful just to be able to move, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't do it without my orthotic at first. So what I would use was a foot shaped shoe, like ultra running, which does have a, a pretty good stack height. It's, it's a little more cushioned, but my toes weren't squished. I was more comfortable. And then I would take the arch support out sometimes. And then I moved to, if you go barefoot shoes, which are a much thinner sole and sort of, you know, going through this trial and error because nobody was there to teach me how to do this. And I was trying to figure it out on my own and figure out how can I get to this point where I'm, my feet are capable of doing the work that, that they need to, that they're designed to do and not be in pain anymore. So that's, that's sort of the nutshell and it, and it, it worked, but I have to admit that I had some, you know, three steps forward, two steps back experiences because I was sort of going at it blind and, you know, sometimes I would go too far and, or I would not be focused on the exercising enough, or, you know, I started with a really super thin shoe after I took my orthotics out. Cause I was like, yes, I'm done with the orthotics. And I ended up having really bad heel pain. And so then I added a, a thinner cushion. So it's was like, okay, maybe we're not quite ready for that, but we're almost there. So let's backtrack just a little bit. And I did a lot of modifying, but I feel like the whole experience gave me a really good appreciation for 
how it can be really difficult. You know, it's not like, oh, you're wearing bad shoes, buy good shoes and everything will be better. It's, it's so much more nuanced than that. And, and we can't just prescribe footwear across the board. It needs to be a very personalized experience. And you really kind of have to figure out for yourself where you're at in the process and respond to what the feedback that your feet are giving you. So I, it was difficult, but I, I feel like it, it was so valuable for me to go through that. And then a lot, and then I, I love shoes. So, (laughs) so once, once I was able to, you know, sort of get a handle on my foot health, then it was like, okay, well now I want to find shoes that complement this journey that I've been on, but that I love that, you know, make me excited to put them on. And that's sort of how Anya's reviews got started was, was that the melding of foot health and, you know, honoring our feet with how can we feel great about ourselves? How can we feel sexy? And how can we feel like, even like we fit in, which is important, you know, to, to not feel like we're weird and strange. And how can we be in the winter with our healthy shoes? All this stuff that really inspired me to create my content for Anya's reviews. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh, I feel touched to tears when I was hearing about crawling to the bathroom. I mean, that's just so... Um, a profound position to be in I, I love that you got to that point of really saying no and and I also really loved how you talked about that nuanced journey and that like the really listening in and how you explain it's not just about changing shoes it's about that deep listening isn't it and that deep observation and feeling in and experimenting and that unique personal journey for each of us and that's so beautiful and so important I also love what you say as well about about the kind of whole beauty and the fitting in and for me that's been such a core part of the journey that I remember that I used to look at barefoot shoes and I actually had this perception that they were ugly and they're such we're so affected aren't we by the culture and one of your most recent posts you talked about that about fashion as a social construct and someone in the comments said that after a while normal shoes start to look like foot binding and I've really seen that process for myself you know I've actually got quite big bunions and actually found kind of look at them or I used to look at them and think they actually look quite attractive and actually the you know natural foot shape like my son's got was was kind of a bit I actually perceived that as to be quite ugly and I really noticed over the time I was I really want to change this perception and swatch it around not to not to the kind of ugly but to actually seeing that you know the beautiful wide toe box is actually really beautiful and that feet that have that beautiful you know wide toe splay are actually really beautiful and that's really happened for me now and I look at shoes that have pointy toe boxes and I'm like oh my gosh it's like you know I look at people like how can you actually put your feet in that looks so yeah. tiny how do you squish them in there so I, yeah. I wonder if you'd be willing to share anything about your journey or your perception of that. And what I actually want to say is what I think you're doing is by showing day after day the posts that you share and with your beautiful outfits and you, you do those beautiful comparison posts where you have like someone wearing a beautiful outfit with, with shoes and then you replace them with a barefoot option. I think it's so powerful what you're doing in really changing perception. So would you be willing to say more about that? Sure. Yeah. I think that it really is a perception. And for me, associating what the shoe does to me, you know, like I associate it with pain now. So I went through that painful journey 
and that really helped change my perception of the aesthetics of them was because I look at that shoe and now I look at it and I see discomfort and, and I look at the other shoe, the barefoot shoe alternative, and I see freedom. You know, I see, I see, I wear that out and I will be in the moment, you know, I'll be able to be present where I am and I'll be comfortable and I'll be able to chase my kids and climb them, chase them up the tree, you know, like be able to really experience life. And, and so partly, and I don't mean that in like a heavy handed, like any time you're wearing a shoe that is conventionally attractive equals pain. You know, I think that you can balance it out and you might sometimes want to wear a high heel for a special event or something like that. I think that's fine, but recognize or like sort of broadening your perspective. When you look at a shoe, it's not just the shoe. It's what is that? How is that going to influence my day? Then you the look of it, it it carries more meaning and it, it can sort of change in your mind because if some of the negative things that happen when you wear that cute shoe, it's makes it look less attractive. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's really the crux of it. It's not that I want you to just agree with me that those are ugly and, and this is pretty and let's just swap. It's about, you can think whatever you want about how something looks, but let's, let's sort of move beyond just like the, the angles and the, and the lines and the design and move toward what this means for our lives. And I've, I've, I sort of did the same thing with food when I wanted to switch to a whole food diet and sort of be more healthy, like, you know, choose, I wanted to choose nutritious foods and you look at the food and you think about how it's going to make you feel. And then that can influence what you actually desire in that moment. So if you look at a food that it makes you feel bad and you associate that bad feeling with it, then it's less tempting for you in that moment. And you, your goals are sort of tied up with, with that in that moment. So that's, that was kind of my journey was what are my goals? How do I want to feel? And then that really influenced how how I perceived the shoes. But of course, like I mentioned, I do love shoes and I love style. So I, I do search for the options that I find beautiful. And I, there are barefoot shoes that I don't find that attractive. Mm-hmm. And I will wear them for functional reasons, but I'm not going to wear them on the times when I really want to look great and feel good about myself and, and that sort of thing. And uh, I think that that's perfectly fine. But the amazing thing about barefoot shoes today is that there's so many more options. So if you have particular preferences, then you can choose a shoe that meets that and, and will still be more comfortable for you than your conventional like heeled or pointed shoes. So the options are really great. And I feel like it brings a lot more people in. And it's also more fun for me too, because I want to be able to have choices and you can sort of be on a spectrum of healthy shoe. So I have some like my dressy, my dressiest barefoot shoes that I would wear to 
with like a gown or to a wedding or something, they're a little bit narrow for my particular foot type, but they are flat and they do have a mostly anatomical shape. And that's sort of a compromise that I'm willing to make is it might not be the ultimate, perfect, amazing shoe for my foot, but it it's the balance between the aesthetic that I'm looking for, for that event and good enough that I will still be comfortable for that time. Yes. So there's lots of ways you can go about it and, and you can kind of pick and choose what's most important for you for which event and that sort of thing. Mm, I love that. It's, it's, we can include all the things that we love, like you love that beauty and the aesthetics. And it's, so it's really, really, again, isn't it about really deeply listening to ourselves in terms of each of the different things and what we enjoy and what we don't. And I really loved when you talked about freedom and presence. And I think that's something I'm particularly passionate about, about presence. My own perception is that the shoes that are generally available in shoe shops and seen as normal are actually part of what I call the disconnected domination culture. And they're actually part of us kind of dissociating a little bit from our feet, because if we're in uncomfortable shoes all the day, the most natural and normal things to do is actually dissociate from those sensations. And that's actually from our connection with our feet, which is affects the whole of our body, as you've talked about, but also our connection with the ground, our capacity to play, as you say, and to run and to actually to feel that deep connection, which I think is such a core birthright. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that process? I love that point that you make because it really is true that we dissociate from our feet. And it's something that I've heard so many times from people who get introduced to the concept and then they take their shoes off and look at their feet almost like for the first time in years. And it's like, whoa, I did not even know what they looked like. And I didn't know I couldn't move them. You know, I can't wiggle my toes. And it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting experience to see from a third person perspective and, and see people go through that because somehow we we've been conditioned to cover our feet and and we stop using them to feel the earth and really from kids so you know that must I feel like that's got to be why is because it's just the length of time that we we stopped using our feet so long ago that the memory of it's really gone and then it's like a completely new experience like a first time waking up to what our feet are capable of. And I love seeing people go through that because it, it's so fun to explore the potential and to explore what it could do for us. You know, how could it benefit your life? And, and, you know, we have issues that we don't realize are connected to our feet, you know, like you might have foot pain and you're still not even thinking about your, how your shoes are affecting your feet. Or you you might have ankle and knee pain or low back pain. And, and we, 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 it's difficult as a society for us to see the connections in the body and to recognize how it could potentially be coming from our feet. And I think that it's so intuitive, but it, it's, if it's not been presented to us that way, our whole lives then it's still completely new. It's completely novel. And I went through it myself. You know, I had that waking up. And um, so I love being a part of seeing that 
for other people. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel touched hearing that as well. And something so beautiful, isn't it? Like even when I see, you know, you share kind of before and after pictures or, you know, how, how your feet used to be and how they are now. And there's something about really almost that palpable sense of seeing, it seems to me like that really, that you're so embodied, your feet are so, you're oh. so present in your feet, you you really feel and you, and you, you know, it's just that aliveness and that, and that joy for life that actually is so pivotal, isn't it? And so different from if we're needing to dissociate and our feet are kind of getting misshapen and, and we, we, I see in this culture when ones get kind of trained just to exactly to disconnect and to actually not realize how actually beautiful our feet are and how powerful they are and how important they are and just changes everything doesn't it yeah it really can yeah I was just thinking about the history of it and someone else was showing the other day about the history of shoes and thinking about and actually in a minute I'd love for you to actually say what barefoot shoes are because I realize for someone who doesn't know what they are the definition but actually and it might have started several hundred years ago and it was more like the upper classes in Europe say who who started wearing the pointy shoes and the heels and they got narrow and narrow and maybe the courtiers and so on and so it was really seen as this this class thing whereas the people more in what might be called the working classes who actually needed to be able to use their feet and actually work would have like they're just you know of course handmade in those days anyway but just leather kind of coverings that were really just supported their feet to actually work naturally and my sense is is that kind of conditioning is almost passed on that actually there's something superior about about a heel and about a pointy toe and there's something that you know somehow in in there in the in our unconscious mind there's this kind of perception of 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 the kind of superiority of shoes that are kind of pointier and higher and narrower and more uncomfortable because that means we don't need to use them to you know to make money kind of thing I don't know if any of that resonates with you that that is really interesting I have seen a lot of um, you know there was that recent study on the medieval skeletons and how the upper class had bunions on the skeletons and like you you know that like you were saying yes and but I had not thought about it as being a class thing that not needing to use your feet because you you, other people do your work for you that that's a really intriguing idea and it's sort of like related to the fact that lighter skin was desired or was sort of upper class because you were out of the sun, you weren't working. And that a lot of these things of being indoors and not having to work and not having to use your body actually are bad for us. And that we think of them as maybe, you know, we have this, we're still carrying this notion that it's a class thing, but it's actually hurting us. Yeah, so fascinating, isn't it? Un- kind of unraveling all the different layers and levels of what's actually here. And it just seems like, oh, it's just shoes, but it's actually it's so rich and multifaceted in terms of what what we're what you know, what you're supporting people to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, would you be wanting to define what a barefoot shoe is <laughs> for people who yeah, sure. don't know? <laughs> so a barefoot shoe is called a barefoot shoe because it's supposed to feel like you are barefoot, but you're wearing shoes. Hence, hence the oxymor, you know, the, the yes. sort of a little bit of a conundrum there. How can a bear, how can a shoe be barefoot? Yes. But that's, that's the reasoning behind the title and the way that it plays out functionally in the design of a shoe is that the toe box is foot shaped. So, and a natural foot shape. So like sort of a, an unaffected foot with the space biggest at the toe box, widest at the toe box. 
and asymmetrical. So it's going to have more of a area, more of a space in the big toe area and then taper off to the side and then, you know, not pointed, but wide at widest at the toe box. So that would be foot shaped. And then zero drop is totally flat, which can be confusing sometimes because a shoe might seem flat or we call things flat but they actually do have a little bit of a heel on the bottom, or maybe it's even built into the inside of the shoe. So like a sneaker is often flat on bottom, but the way that your foot rests inside the shoe is with your heel above the ball of your foot, because there's some cushion under the heel. So a zero drop shoe is, would be totally flat. Like the way you would be if you're just barefoot on the ground and no art support would be the fourth feature. And then finally flexibility. So I try to leave off the thinness, the thickness of the sole, because I think that there's a really big spread in, in how thick, you know, I've tried flexible shoes that are 12 millimeters thick, but they're really flexible. And I've tried thinner shoes that are hard as boards. So I think that thin flexible soles are good, but sometimes you might want a little bit more thickness in your, in your soul, like in winter time, or if you're transitioning, but the flexibility of your soul is really important because if it's not flexible, then your feet aren't moving, you know, they, they, they can't bend and, and twist and do all of that. So the flexibility is really important to the motion of your foot. And th that would be sort of the cut and dry, you know, basic features of a barefoot shoe, foot shaped, flat, flexible, and then a relatively thin sole. Beautiful. And those things make such a difference, don't they? I, I know for myself when I went from the from the Havianas, which has got a tiny bit, you know, it's a tiny bit of a triangular shape, but very, you know, not very much to completely mm -hmm. flat. And I noticed everything in my posture shifted. And I just noticed that actually happened quite naturally without me needing to do anything. It's so profound, isn't it? How our posture's deeply affected by all the things about shoes, but particularly that yeah. complete flatness. Yeah. And I think that another aspect of barefoot shoes that I don't usually mention out the gate because it's a little more nuanced and is ground feel. So that's a combination of the thin flexible sole, the, the two features combined. It's being able to feel the ground under your feet and that that also contributes a lot to posture is having your the sensory experience of feeling the ground that your proprioception you know what's there and then you're able to respond by standing up straight so it's i think that the zero drop is really important but i also think that for when it comes to posture and alignment you can't leave out the nervous system aspect of it is that we actually use the soles of our feet as there's so much sensory, so many nerves happening there and they actually contribute to our, our posture. So when you take your shoes off and you walk barefoot, a lot of people automatically have better posture just by taking their shoes off. And that could be out of a barefoot shoe, you know, taking your barefoot shoe off and walking barefoot on the grass, your posture can immediately improve, which is so cool because it's, it's, it's automatic. It's just, you stimulate the nerves and then the automatic response is that they hold you up. Your, you know, your nerves start 
start firing those posture muscles. And I, I, I love that, but I often sort of leave that off because it's easier to say foot shaped, flat, flexible, Mm. but that nerve component is actually really critical. The being able to feel the ground with your feet. Wow. I didn't even know that. I love hearing that. And to me, it fits with so many other things in life is that, that our bodies are so wise. And actually, you know, my passion is about, again, I call it a disconnected domination culture is all the ways that we've been conditioned to overpower that natural wisdom, but actually so often there can be quite small things that we can do that we, that help us reconnect yeah. with that. And that's such a, a core example of that, isn't it? Just like that, that that body wisdom is like, yes, we, we feel the ground and our, and our, and our posture mm-hmm. responds to that. I'd love to share as well. I often think about when I was a teenager, I, I was a teenager in the eighties and then the fashion at then was like really pointy toes and like stiletto heels. And I used to wear those to school. Oh my God. I still got some bunions left. And, um, you know you may disagree with that you know anyone if they want to shave their legs and I did do for many years but what I what I thought about when I actually stopped shaving my legs a few years ago is that actually whenever I went on bike rides and things with shorts on I had all this extra sensory input and so I started noticing that and what I was realizing is as a teenager I was quite anxious I had panic attacks and when I think about, you know, I already had all these big feelings. And then on the top of that, I had these massive high heels on and shaving my legs. Like I, it was more way of like really disconnecting, dissociating from my legs and my feet when I actually really most, most needed a way to anchor into the ground and actually feel ground and feel connected with my body and have that support. So that's been something I've really kind of been pondering as well. But again, it's that, you know, our bodies are so wise, aren't they? And sometimes it's just small things that we can do to, to free ourselves from these conditioned ways to, to support that wisdom, just kicking right mm. back in again. So beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So if anyone's a parent who is listening to this, is there anything in particular that you recommend for, for parents of babies and children to, to watch out for, or just, you know, anything that you like to share with parents in particular? Parenting is hard (laughs) I am every day realizing that I don't know what I'm doing so I always shy away from giving advice because I'm learning as I'm going but I feel like one thing that we can do as parents is we, we touched on this briefly earlier is that they have our children have some intuition of about their bodies that they were born with. And some of that is wanting to be barefoot outside. And I still sometimes want to tell my kids to put their shoes on when it's cold out. And I mean, if it's dangerously cold, then yes, I have to step in and I have to say, I, you know, I'm an adult. I understand that this is not safe, but there's a a gray area where my instinct is to be like, go put your shoes on, which is, you know, funny coming from me, but if it's, it's like 30 degrees outside and I'm thinking it's too cold, go put your shoes on, but they're comfortable. They're fine. And if they feel uncomfortable, they will go in and get shoes on, Mm -hmm. but they want to be out barefoot and like trusting, letting them find their own boundaries and trusting them when they want to experience the world barefoot. I think that we can all try to give as much of the reins to them as possible, but then stepping in when it really is necessary, like 
for example, my son was barefoot around a, a campfire and he stepped on a coal. So, you know, that is a situation where foot coverings around a campfire is very important, and, you know, or around tools or things that might be dropped. You know, there's, there's plenty of times when you need to be wearing protective shoes, but there are lots of other times when we are maybe overreacting or we're, we're sort of being a little too protective and we should give them as many of those safe opportunities as possible where they can climb the play structure at the playground barefoot and they can climb rocks barefoot and they can be in the dirt and the mud barefoot. And even in temperatures, I think exposing your feet to temperatures is really great, you know, both cold and hot as long as it's safe, you know, not so cold that they're, they're going to have, or so hot that they're going to actually damage their feet. So that's something that I'm still learning and I'm trying to let them have something that I didn't have, you know, have those experiences as a kid. As far as footwear, baby shoes tend to already be what I would call barefoot friendly. They're, they're flat, they're flexible, they have space and they're sort of an understanding that babies need that and that they can't learn to walk and, and they have to be able to have that those, those shoes that are very unrestricted, but when kids start to be school age, suddenly the footwear changes. So I'm a big proponent of keeping kids in those types of shoes really forever. I mean, until some, you know, some sort of occasion might require something different. There's no reason that I can think of to switch to a healed, stiff, supportive shoe for a kid who's you know, just because they're going to school, there are barefoot shoes that are zero drop, flexible foot shaped, but are more of a play shoe. So they're not going to fall apart if they're running around at school and playing in the playground, but they're still going to allow for that foot development. They're still going to allow them to have a connection with the ground and move naturally. And if you keep your kids in those types of shoes, then they never have to adapt back to to it. So a lot of adults are having to transition to barefoot shoes because their feet are underused and underdeveloped like mine were. And then there's this process of being able to take away support from, you know, artificially supportive shoes. If you never introduce artificial support, then there's never any need to adapt away from it. So really nailing down the, the reality of we're over-prescribing supportive footwear and a lot of kids and young adults are being told that they need to wear it when they really might just need more opportunities to use their feet barefoot naturally. So I, I, a lot of concerned parents ask me, oh, my kid has flat feet. Do they need supportive shoes? And, and I asked myself that too with, with my children, but now I know that it's really natural for small children to have flat feet and that you usually don't see an arch in a kid until they're about six or seven, sometimes even older. And if an older kid has a flat foot, but they have no other issues, they're not experiencing pain, you know, they don't have any diagnosed musculoskeletal issues. Then again, I would say, you know, let them keep using their feet, let them be barefoot, keep them active. And that we, we look at the foot and we're so concerned about the way it looks, you know, if it looks flat, then we, we want to jump in and support it. But the foot 
being flat on its own isn't necessarily a problem. So yeah, I fully support kids with, with the barefoot shoes. Oh, I love all of that. And I think it's so relevant for so many things in life, isn't it? To really trust children and the, the less we kind of put these artificial conditioning on them, the less they then need to kind of free themselves up from it as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so beautiful. And I so resonate as well with my son really invited me to to really keep on connecting him because he just after for a few years he wore crocs before we knew about anything else and then he wasn't even willing to wear those so for many years he's been uh-huh. unwilling to wear shoes at all uh, hardly ever anyway and I remember so often going oh but you know it's cold or or you know you, you know your feet might get hurt and actually what I saw is it Rob Greenfield is that his name the guy who were he, he went barefoot all the First way around gosh. the world pardon oh wasn't that Tony Riddle uh, or was I think it? there's a guy called Rob, Rob something like Greenfield. But anyway, there's, okay. I'm sure there's many people who've done it. And he walked all the way around the world barefoot. And yes, he oh. did get a few injuries. Do you, huh. you know that one? Yeah, anyway, and I just, and something about that went, oh, okay. Uh, it just kind of gave me that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I just kind of really trust him. And right. so, yeah, he's, his dad gave him one pair of shoes that he bought for himself that were too small. And he wears them like once a year when they go somewhere where you need shoes so he's really been such the such the teacher here but it can be really hard can't it to really to really trust and I live in Australia so we don't get like snowy winters like you do so it's a bit different Mm -hmm. I'm just going through my list to see I think we've answered or you've answered so many of the questions oh yeah would you say a little bit about the types of feet that was something again that was so helpful for me and I think again it's part of that really you know each of us having an individual journey and different types of feet and different types of shoes that was like I was like, oh my gosh of course there are different types of feet would you be willing to share a little bit about that as well sure yeah so the thing that got me thinking about this was because I had been wearing barefoot shoes for a while and my husband tried a pair and he tried a pair of Evo barefoot shoes and he was complaining about how it was too long above his toe, but then his big toe, but then his third toe was running into the side and it was like, it's the wrong shape for you. It's sort of like, you know, we had this experience of like exchanging, trying to find the right one for him. And it was like, oh gosh. Vivo barefoot shoes are shaped this way and your foot is shaped like this. So you're having a, you're having this toe that's long, you know, it's, it's like a plateaued foot. So his third toe is as long as his big toe. So it's like a a plateau across, and then it slopes down after at the third and the fourth toes, the fourth and the fifth toes, excuse me. And it really was eye-opening for me because Vivo barefoot worked for me but it didn't work for him. And it wasn't that barefoot shoes were wrong for Justin. It was finding the shoe, the brand or the model that matched his natural foot shape. And then as I explored that, I I started realizing that there was more characteristics of feet that are influencing people's experience with shoes. And another really big one is volume. So the shape you see when you look pop down at your foot, you can just see how your toes are shaped. And then it's easy to look at the shoe and sort of compare. And you can even sometimes predict problems just by looking at it. The volume of your foot is from the other angle. So it's looking at the side 
and how tall your foot is. And so I have a really shallow foot. So I put on a, a shoe that is what I would call high volume. It has a lot of vertical space and it might fit the shape of my toes perfectly, but my foot is just flopping all over inside the shoe because it's made for a foot that takes up a lot more space vertically. And my arches are low to the ground. And I hearing from people who I was saying, oh, this shoe is, is great for wide feet or it's great for this. And then they report back to me and they're like, well, my experience was totally different. I started receiving all of this feedback that people were giving me and that they were having totally different experiences with shoes. And then it really led me on, on this to the, the content that you're referencing. That's all about foot type. And now whenever I review a shoe, I describe it by the shape, the volume, the, the, not just the t shape of the toe box, but the shape of overall. So is it cut like a fan or is it cut straight? All these different features that influence whether it's going to fit you well so that people can sort of be optimized, you know, like optimize the process of figuring out which shoes are going to most likely be a home run, but also not being discouraged by when a shoe doesn't fit. It's not the, sh it's not you, it's the shoe, you know, your foot's fine. Mm -hmm. it, it's like putting, putting some names to it kind of helps like you process that. Oh, my foot's not difficult. It's wide high volume or it, you know, it's a plateau shaped and wide and high volume. So yes. I just need to find a brand that that is going to work with that foot type. And there's so many, and there's really a lot of variety. So there's going to be some that probably won't be a great fit. And there's going to be others that are going to feel like a dream. So I've, I've, I, I loved that pivot in, in my journey because it really changed a lot of things for, for me and, and being able to help others have the most success when they're trying to switch their footwear over. So it's, it's been a fun, a fun thing. And I, I love being like, Oh, that shoe's perfect for your foot. And you know, it's just like all that individuality yes. is like being able to, to be okay with that one's not going to be great for me, but I absolutely love seeing it on you because it's just perfect for you. Yes. So yummy. And again, I love that sense. It's so much more than, than what it appears to be because even that like you know when you say there's nothing wrong with your foot it's just like really again that beautiful process of like each person getting to really enjoy and welcome and celebrate and stop judging their, their own feet okay. and actually really listening and observe and it's so yeah. beautiful isn't it I love it so much and I find that it's really helpful for maybe going in the opposite direction of managing the expectations of what a barefoot shoe can do for you Yes. You know, every, just because it's a barefoot shoe doesn't mean it's going to solve all of your problems. Yes. It, you know, it might not actually fit you very well yep. and you might not like it. It might not be comfortable for you. So it helps you accept your feet as they are and, and not, and recognizing that you're not the problem, but it's also the shoe can't be everything for everybody it's going to work great for some people and it might not be a great fit for you, but that doesn't mean the brand's bad. So it's, it's like the shoe's not bad and your foot's not bad. It's 
it's we're going to move beyond these these easy kind of quick labels and and we're we're going to instead focus on how to find the the one that's going to work best for you yeah it's so beautiful isn't it so again it's all about that in a way it's like relationship isn't it the relationship between our feet and the shoe and which which where is there going to be a beautiful marriage there and, and that oh. exploration that's required to find those exact ones and it's so yummy isn't it because I have two brands that I just absolutely love and they're such a fit for me and I just like oh. so, and, <laughs> and they're really beautiful as well so it's so yummy isn't it but you found uh, your uh your 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 soulmate your soul exactly my soulmate <laughs> <laughs> there's so many metaphors aren't there I love yeah. to share too my mum is 91 and she I mean I got her into Birkenstocks from regular shoes and then about three years ago she's been willing to start wearing barefoot shoes as well and just from wearing barefoot shoes and she's not really willing to do much exercise wise but her feet have transformed so you know, I just love that you know at that age late 80s <laughs> transformed they're really observably completely different feet so yeah, oh my gosh, there's so many more questions I'd love to ask you. Socks, can you share a little bit about socks? Sure, yeah. well? <laughs> socks is one of those things that I didn't think about my socks for a while, but I just started not wearing them. I, I, I realized that I would put them on and then I didn't like them and I take them off and I would end up not wearing socks in my shoes for a long time. And then someone was like, you should try toe socks. So I finally tried toe socks because I had in my mind that I hated toe socks. I don't know why I hadn't ha tried them since I was a kid, but I finally got some toe socks and I was like, okay, these are amazing. <laughs> I can actually move all my toes. And I wasn't really, it wasn't on my radar that the reason why I wasn't liking my socks was because they were tight. They were, they were actually squishing my toes in the way that shoes can just a little bit less rigidly, but still affecting my comfort levels in even inside my barefoot shoes. So I have some articles on foot friendly socks. And some people do genuinely hate toe socks. I now wear nothing but toe socks or no socks. But if you really do hate toe socks, there are anatomical socks, which are shaped like the way barefoot shoes are, where they're asymmetrical, they have a left and a right, and they've got that big toe space. And so those are an option. Or you can do something like leg warmers or stirrup socks, where it's basically the no toes on it. And I love those too. Any of those options are going to let your toes move more and also lay flat. And so I think that they're a really good complement to barefoot shoes. If you want to wear socks, if you don't want to wear socks, I don't think that's as big of a deal as we're conditioned to think because our feet are covered in nerves and they do want to feel things. And a sock is another layer between you and your environment. So getting rid of the socks completely, I think as often as possible is wonderful, but I'm wearing socks right now. It's cold, you know, it's, it's winter here. And so I love having options that I still feel comfortable in, but are comfortable are warm and, you know, provide me the benefits of socks. Mm, I love that too. Yeah. I love toe socks too. The only thing I don't, I look, there's two things I don't love about toe socks. Number one is 
they take a lot longer to put on but again that can be really helpful kind of in terms of being present it's like it's not something you just kind of shove them on and go about our day and like folding them up and drying them and things like that it takes a bit more effort but I, I really really love them and I love too as well like you say about the anatomical socks again there's so over the last I've seen that even in the last two or three or four years and I imagine you've seen it massively like the amount uh, available choice in both socks and barefoot shoes is just seems to me to be just ever escalating like it seems to me like even a, a shoe that you that someone would feel comfortable like you say to wear to a wedding it seemed like there wasn't really anything there was not very much available it just seems like more and more and more happening it's very exciting yes. isn't it I think it really is like you really are infiltrating the world <laughs> it is exciting there are so many more options now in socks and in shoes I think probably one last thing is uh just briefly because this could be a whole three episodes really is that as we start off with feet and shoes and then it becomes whole lifestyles isn't it like like questioning furniture and you know how we are with our bodies and how our again our culture is set up and I do I often think about this as class as well that we think about a more colonized or more kind of industrialized nations we have chairs and we have tables and all that and we see more kind of indigenous cultures maybe kind of traditionally just you know squatting and eating and just you know much more you know using much less stuff to to support bodies so yeah do you want to share anything about that in terms of like how you know how it becomes this whole you know what furniture and how do we sit when we eat and where do we sit and what do we have chairs and do we have beds and tables and all those things <laughs> yeah it is it is uh, I love this but I also don't like to overwhelm people and make yes. them feel like they have to change everything but there really is a connection between lifestyle and foot health and you mentioned sitting on the floor squatting those types of of things can actually improve your foot health and sitting in a chair all day can exacerbate issues because your hips influence your foot and all those all those things are all connected so i personally found a lot of benefit in combining some lifestyle adaptations at at a non-threatening level, you know, like sit on the floor to eat your meals. So my family eats dinner on the floor. We have a a rug that is fine to get spills on. We can throw it in the wash and we try to sit on the floor a lot and being a little bit more flexible in, in that. And, you know, we don't have to sit still at the chair. We can squat, we can sit on the floor and, and that sort of thing. Also, even things like hanging and, and being upside down, being inverted. And a lot of this, I don't know if it's like natural movement or like functional, you know, there's sort of some like buzzwords that people use to describe it, but it's like this embodiment and, and instead of outsourcing all of the movements that, you know, just have somebody else do everything for us let's, let's bend over, let's squat, let's get down on the floor, let's hang, let's climb. And that all of that can influence your foot health in, in sort of an indirect, but also sometimes a direct way in, in this, like, I feel like hips is very direct to your feet. And when we sit all day, then that's really detrimental to our hip mobility. So all of these types of this dynamicism is that the right word (laughs) Mm -hmm. that we can add to our lives? It's like, we're talking about how our feet are, we dissociate from them and we stop moving them. And 
and we can have that awakening of let's move all these parts that we've stopped moving. We can do that with our whole bodies and we can really, really feel the benefits of, of movement. So there's, there's so much there, but my favorite is just the floor sitting. It's such an easy thing. And well, I shouldn't say that because it can be uncomfortable for people, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take more time. You don't have to have expensive, fancy stuff. You can just opt for the floor more, more often throughout your day. Mm-hmm. That that's a really great way to sort of start bringing in more natural positions for your body, more options, and that can really improve your life. And then it's like, you know, I, I had that experience of, of feeling so great once I started using my feet more. And then I started having that same experience sitting on the floor and it was like, wow, I, I, I'm starting to realize how much I dislike sitting in a a chair for any like periods of time. And then it's just, you sort of start, it sort of ripples in your life. You know, these, these things that you're recognizing, oh, my upper body is like in this fixed position all day. I'm on my computer and my arms are at 90 degrees and, and I'm never putting my arms above my head. And things like that, that you just start waking up to your body more and it's, it's fun. And, but also sometimes a little overwhelming. (laughs) There's so much that we can do. (laughs) Yes. But I love how you talk about that process to me. It's like, you know, talk about dissociation. It's to me like that gradual process of connecting in more and more and actually listening. Like, actually, I don't enjoy that and I don't want to do that. And I'm actually not willing to do that. I know for me, like I never enjoyed sitting at chairs and tables. And I always just thought that was something a little bit weird about me. And then over the years, I started realizing actually that was something really helpful that I was listening into myself and that it was not helpful for my body to be to be sitting at chairs and tables. So. So beautiful, isn't it? It's like the, the reclaiming ourselves in a way, the, the whole, the whole listening to ourselves. So beautiful. Mm. So, is there anything that I didn't ask or that you that you didn't get to share that you would really love to share before we come to an end? I feel like we covered so many great things, but I, I do hear a lot of people say that they feel overwhelmed when they start thinking about changing their shoes. So, I always like to leave people with, you don't have to do anything drastic today. You don't have to throw all your shoes in the trash. You can really have a lot of benefit by simply just paying attention more to your feet, taking your shoes off more, maybe wiggling your toes more, things like that. Massage your foot a little bit while you're watching TV. And, and then don't, don't worry so much about the end goal, you know, like, how am I going to transition? How am I going to get all these, you know, all that sort of stuff, let it lead you, you know, experience your feet, let them, you know, let it sort of take you on this journey and, and let it give you positive feedback. And before you decide what you want to do next is, is how I feel. You don't have to like go blindly because I'm telling you buy these shoes, you know, experience things on your own and then, you know, take the next step and then take the next step and, and see where it leads you. So. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's the whole message that I received from you. It's like, again, that deep self-acceptance and deep listening. And that's, it's so important, isn't it? Otherwise it just becomes another kind of should or have to actually Mm -hmm. supporting people to listen to themselves and go on their own unique journey with their feet. 
Mm, I'd love to invite you to share where people can find out more about you. And I'd love also if you want to share about your barefoot shoe find, which I think is amazing. I love your Instagram. It's one of the pages that I just go to. It's, you know, it's my every day. I'm like, what's, what's Anya doing today? What's she sharing? But would you be willing to share? And I will write it in the notes as well. But where, where can people find out more about what you're offering? Sure. So you mentioned my Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and it's usually the same content. So, but it's just Anya's Reviews is the handle. My website, anyasreviews.com is really the main hub where you can find everything from there and you can find the Barefoot Shoe Finder and all the reviews and sort of anything that I'm doing can be found from that hub. And we also have a retail shop here in the US. So that if you have a lot of Australian listeners, that might not be something they're super interested in because you probably want to shop closer to home. But we do have a barefoot shoe store here in the US called Anya Shop. So anyasreviews.com is where I usually send people to start out. And then the Barefoot Shoe Finder, like you mentioned, is another its own website. And you can take a quiz where you enter your foot you know, what type of shoe you're looking for, what size you are and your foot type. And then it matches you up with some potential good ones. And so all of those places are, you can find a lot of stuff to just get you thinking and get you excited about it and, and help you start thinking about maybe which shoes are going to be good for you. And it's all presented in a slightly different way. So you can sort of pick which one you like, which flavor you like best. Oh, I love that. I love your website. And so often I've been going like, okay, I want to find a vegan winter boot. What, you know, with yeah. these particular shaped and sized and volume right. feet, what, where, what can I find? And it's so oh. amazing, which, which I think is what you've transformed really for me because before it was like, you know, this random, you know, there's this one website. Well, I had no idea, you know, what size to buy and would they fit my feet and would they fit my children's feet? And it really supported people to just to really make that process a lot easier to because of all the researching that you have done and continue to do so it's just so so helpful so again I want to finish as I started to really appreciate you and and what you've done and how you've not only transformed your your journey but actually supported so many people to really have a completely different experience not only of their feet but you know again how that radiates out into all of their lives so thank you so much I really appreciate you well that means a lot to me I really appreciate you saying that thank you and to everyone listening thank you so much for being here and so much love to you